Let's be honest, how many of you have been rocking Christmas music longer than two weeks? Longer than two weeks. Look at that right there. All right. How many of you, you're dreading the fact that Christmas music is everywhere? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Scrooge. All right, we just got one in here, and that's all right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But there is some good Christmas music out there. We can talk about it, but it, there's, just, there's some decent stuff out there. But hey, um, glad that you're here tonight. Hey, before we jump into this, um, wanted real quick, I was just uh, made aware that tonight, um, today is Tammy's birthday. So uh, we got Tammy sitting right here. He said it would just be awesome if we embarrassed her and said happy birthday to Tammy. So if you guys could real quick just make her feel special with me on, on the count of three. I just want us to real loudly show some love to Tammy and just shout out. Roll Tide. Ready? One, two, three. Roll Tide! Some of you just said, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, super excited that you are here tonight and excited to um, be with you during this holiday season. Uh, let's, let's just ask the questions. I don't know if Pastor Fred did. He was here last week and I was in Newport News. And so um, how many of you people are big Christmas people? Like you just love, love Christmas. You love everything about it. You love the decorations, the music, the food. You love everything about it. All right, how many of you, you're just kind of like Christmas and just whatever. It's here. It's not there. Nobody really? Okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. How many people, we just need to know this too, because we asked, how many of you already done your decorations for Christmas? How many of you did it before Thanksgiving? Oh, there we go. All right, two people. All right, there's two people that did in that. So Nate, hey, you got a lot of people here in your camp there. So, um, but all right, that's good stuff. So, and it, you know, the holiday seasons, you know, everybody feels differently about them. A lot of people love them. I know in our house, we absolutely love the holiday seasons. We've been decorating for, it seems like, weeks now. Um, and we just keep just adding stuff. And have you ever noticed, we were talking last night, I was talking with uh, uh, Michelle and uh, Kim and Terrence were over for a minute, and I was talking to them. I was like, have you ever noticed, like, during Christmas, if you ever had that much stuff in your house just on a regular basis, like, people would walk in, and they'd be like, oh, wow, that's, that's a bit much. But during Christmas, somehow it's acceptable, you know, to have all of that stuff in your house. Isn't it just so funny, you know? Uh, but that's just the way the holidays are, you know? It's just, a, it's just different. We kind of view things differently, you know? Um, we, we live life a little bit differently during the holidays. We eat a lot more than we should. We eat more food than we uh, burn calories, right, during the holidays, right? Some of us, unfortunately, right, we spend more money than we make during the holidays, right? It's the way it is, right? We definitely, like, we'll be, we're willing to take candy and cookies from anybody. Have you ever noticed that? Feels like July and some random woman's like, here, take a cookie. You're like, no, no. But during December, you're like, yeah, I'll take a cookie, whatever. Yeah, sure. That's great. I'll eat that. Well, candy from your pocket? Definitely. It's holidays. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, it's just so different, isn't it? Or like, even like, I mean, just ever thought about the fact of like Santa Claus? I mean, just think about that. We tell our kids that it's okay. There's a creepy bearded man staring at them constantly 24-7. You know, like, I mean, it's just, No. Yeah, have you never really thought about that? You're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, so I mean, the holidays, we just view it a little bit differently. We just live differently and just kind of experience things differently. You know, one of the things about the holidays that, that um, definitely stands out to me, and it was even uh, highlighted, Michelle and I, um, just um, a couple days ago, we got a chance to take some time and 
to go uh, up to Charlottesville and to spend a couple day, days up there. And uh, a large part of that was made possible by many of you that gave um, in October for the pastor's appreciation. And so thank you so much for that. We had a blast up there um, just celebrating, just taking two days away and just to kind of get away and just rest. And uh, it, it's going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy month. And uh, we got a chance to celebrate our upcoming 12th anniversary. So she's put up with me for 12 years. So that's pretty awesome right there. So kudos to her. But, you know, we're out there and and we, we really didn't have a plan or agenda and anything that we really wanted to do it was raining the whole time so it kind of got scratched and so we were constantly throughout the whole process of just saying hey what do you want to do I don't know and then we just kind of did stuff right we just kind of just randomly did things or we just talked about doing a lot of things and then did nothing Right, and so it was actually kind of fun and kind of refreshing. It was a little bit different, uh, but we found ourselves in a lot of times where we we're just trying to figure things out, and we were just waiting to see, okay, what are we going to do? Is this possible and stuff like that? And and there was a moment I'm going to share in a little bit more depth um, that was pretty hysterical. I'm going to share that a little bit more in depth in a couple of weeks. Uh, but there was this moment where we're on a mountain and and we're sitting there and we're walking in the rain with an umbrella. And, and I just felt like, you know, in that moment, there's a lot of things that were just frustrating and kind of discouraging. But in that moment, I just felt like God just kind of just speak to me and just encourage me a little bit in just the thought that I was having. And it, that sense was just this idea of following him and trusting him. And, and as I was thinking about it and I was thinking about who we follow and how that determines a lot of things in our lives, this word that kept just dropping into my head and dropping into my heart was the word waiting. Just waiting. I, how many of you, you would say, hey, I'm really good at waiting. I'm really good at being patient. I'm really good at waiting. How many of you would say that? Yeah, most of us would not say that. You can go back to the original slide, so that, that's not time you for that yet. But so... The, um, for each one of us, like, we're just not really that good at waiting. It's just not something we're the best at. It's not something we're, we're super perfect at. You know, actually, for most of us in our, in our society, we're actually really bad at waiting, right? We're really bad at waiting. I don't know about you or me. I'm actually, like, this close, like, this close. I'm seriously considering it. I'm this close to deleting my Facebook app. I don't know if anybody's with me. But, I mean, it is just getting so bad. I mean, you scroll through Facebook, and it's like every two minutes, you know, it's just like something horrible is going on or somebody's complaining or something or whatever. I, I, this morning I was making my coffee, and admittedly I probably should have been reading the Bible, but I was scrolling for, through Facebook instead while I was waiting for my coffee. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and all of a sudden this video just, like, starts playing. So I was like, whatever, let's just listen to it. Why do we do that? I don't know, right? But I listened to it. And I don't know if you've seen this video, it's apparently gone viral, and I don't know why it scares me for our society, the fact that multiple millions of people are watching this video, but it's a bit video of this girl taking a selfie video of herself in the McDonald's drive-thru and arguing to the person that is in the line trying to give her cookies. Have you seen this video? She's literally, she's, is, is it not horrible? It's like I was sitting there like, I'm not encouraging you to watch this, all right, because it's trash. But I know you. You're going to go find it later, and you're going to watch it. I warned you. I just want you to know. So she's sitting there. She's literally with her phone like this, and she's taking this video of herself. She's talking to the cashier with her phone. So the cashier has to look, like, through the back of her head and look at this person's phone, and she's talking to her this way so we can all see it. And she's like, I called up here asking if you have fresh cookies. 
And you told me that you have fresh cookies. And now I'm ordering cookies, and you're telling me that they're not fresh cookies. And she, I mean, it's like a five-minute video where they're going back and forth, and they're yelling and all this different stuff. And she was mad that she had to wait two minutes for fresh cookies from McDonald's. She was mad about it, and I was like, oh, God, help us. What is wrong with our society? But I was like, man, you know what? I've been there. I've been there, you know, in moments where you're just sitting there, and you're just like, I'm not enjoying this moment that I have to wait. I'm not good at waiting. I was even thinking about our kids when we were coming back from our trip. We, we walked in the door, and Noelle, she was watching her kids, and so she was on her way back with the kids to meet us at the house, and so we're, uh, we're all, you know, Michelle and I are kind of like we're unpacking, and, and I'm actually cooking dinner, and so the kids come in. Our kids' first response to us, our, their first statement to us is, what did you get us? Right? Like, I, don't know, I don't know what the deal is. It's like kids think when you go on a trip that you go on the trip to think about them and get them things. No, we went on a trip to not think about you, to get away from you, and to get us things, right? That's why we went on a trip. And so, like, there's something that's like, what did you get us, you know? And so we're like, well, we got you something, you know? And, and, and Rylan, you know, she's my little daughter. She's seven, and, and she's like, we're getting ready to be seven. And she's like, she's like, Dad, what did you get us? We, we got to go get it right now. And I'm like, it's just something small. It's nothing really significant. I mean, there's nothing special about it. Just wait, Okay. And they're just like, what is it? What is it? What is it? I mean, just hounding us like every two minutes. Like, we got to see it. We got to see it. Brayden's the same way. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like a chihuahua waiting for bacon. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the funniest thing in the world. And so they're just hounding us. And, like, I, 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 there was this moment inside of me. If you know me at all, I can be a little bit uh, twisted, a little bit, I, I, like, being, you know, playing around with some dark stuff or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and so I thought about it for a second. And I was just like, I could really play this up and get them thinking this is, like, the greatest thing they've ever could have in their life, right? I mean, I could build their expectations massively and then watch them open it and just watch them just crumble in shame in front of me, you know? And then I was like, the Bible says something about not exasperating your children, so I guess I should follow that. And so I was like, all right. So I just kept telling them, this is not a big deal. Just just calm down. Like, it's just, we saw, it's very small. It was just actually some clothing, you know, and Rylan got three pieces and Brayden only got one shirt, you know? So I'm like, just calm down. But their expectation, their sense of just waiting, like you would think that, that you know, just the sense of knowing that they're going to get something, they're wanting something, and having to wait for it, you would think like they were getting the greatest gift in the world. And it's just like, you know, you look at people, you look at Facebook, you look at kids, you look at us, and we're just not good at waiting. But here's the crazy thing is, is that the holiday season, it's all about waiting. Like the whole holiday season's about waiting, right? It's like, let's wrap up gifts that we bought like, you know, a couple months ago or maybe the night before or whatever your habit is. And, you know, let's wrap up these gifts and we have to wait to get them. You know, we, this is the first year where we've actually, we purchased uh, some gifts ahead of the time. We actually got to wrap them underneath the tree. It's killing our kids. It's actually really fun to watch. But it's killing them, you know, because they're just like, I have to wait for this. And, and, and you're anticipating it and you're just looking at, oh, man, this whole season about waiting. You got to wait for food, right? The turkey comes out of the oven. All you want to do is just pick off that perfect little piece of turkey. Just right. There. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about, right? That little piece of turkey is just, you're just like, oh, if I could just pick that piece off, you know, and just eat that piece. Nobody's with me? Yeah? Okay. All right. We're good. All right. So, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, but then mom smacks your hand and says no, right? You got to wait, you know? And I love it now. I'm getting to the age, you know, dad asked me on Thanksgiving to carve the turkey, so I got to, like, pick the whole time. That was awesome. That was a moment of victory for me in life where I was like, I get to pick and eat turkey before anybody else, and mom doesn't yell at me for it. It was awesome. So, you know, it, but the holidays, it does, it presents a sense of waiting. If we look through Scripture, 
And we look at the story of Jesus, his entrance in human form into our history. We look at the story and we see the story is all about waiting. Whether it's our individual lives, whether it's our daily lives, it's the story of Christ. We see accentuated honestly in our, in our own worlds that the story of God is, it's one of anticipation, it's one of waiting. And that a lot of times we look at life and we get caught into a place of just saying, I want, I want, and God's saying, wait, wait, wait. And there's this tension that's constantly there. And we're living and we're waiting for the moments, and God's saying it's not about the moment. It's not about the things going to happen. It's about the moments in between the moments. And God's just saying just wait, just wait, just wait. And it's tough. It's difficult. We're not good at it. In fact, we're really, really bad at waiting. And the fact that I'm talking about it and you're all giving me this look, you're like, yes, I am, and I don't want to hear about it. So here's the deal. Like, what I tonight is, I want to do a little bit. We're going to take um, a couple weeks here. We're going to take a little bit of break next week with the, with the City Life Christmas. And then we're going to take a couple more weeks. And we're going to look at some stories of people in, in the birth of Jesus' life and the beginning of his story in human form. And we're going to look at that and just look at the, the reality of what people were going through, the waiting of their life, and apply that to our own lives. And so tonight, we're going to look at a couple things and just to uh, see what God has got to say to us and what he's uh, speaking to us um, when it comes to the idea of waiting and asking us to say, hey, I'm waiting to see what God is going to do. I'm waiting to see where he's going to come through on this so we can get frustrated and discouraged. But in fact, the reality is that the waiting is the exact place that he wants us to be. That's exactly where he wants us to be, and that's exactly what he wants us to find. And so we're going to be in Luke tonight, so you can go ahead and turn your Bibles and open up your Bible apps to Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to pray before we jump into the Scripture, because we want this to be the Holy Spirit speaking and not me. And I need you guys to wake up seriously. Father, we thank you so much. For your goodness. And God, we thank you that you are with us. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you have a message for us tonight. God, we thank you that you are not a distant God, a God who is gone and left us on our own. You're not a God who just threw down a giant rule book and said, figure it out on your own. But you're a God who came down in the middle of our mess. When we were absolutely at our worst, you came and you gave us your best. And God, the story of how you came into our lives, it's, it's a profound, it's a beautiful story. And there are things that we can learn in that. We can see, God, that you have called us into a life that is both now and forever. That there's a sense, there's this reality that we have everything in you now, but yet we're waiting for everything that you've promised us in Jesus. There's a tension, and God, help us to be able to find ourselves in a place where we can say, I am still waiting for all that God has for me. And help us to understand the importance and how profound and how uh, revolutionary the, the right attitude in our seasons of waiting can be in our situation. So, Father, we thank you for that. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. And make sure everybody wakes up. Are you awake? Are you good? All right, that's good stuff. All right. So, so I, like, have you ever thought, like, why are we so bad at waiting? Have you ever asked yourself that? Like, why are we just so bad at waiting? Like, what's happening in our situation? What's happening in our own hearts? What's happening in our life that makes us so bad at waiting? 
So the first thing we're going to look at tonight is, is that this thing that makes us bad at waiting. So i got three things that we're going to talk about tonight, three realities. Maybe one of them's true for you. Maybe all three of them are true for you. Maybe they were at one point. Maybe they will be at one point. But these are the three things that I believe that we could see in this story that God helps us uh, to help us understand our waiting, the importance of our waiting. And the first one is this, is that our lives are measured by acquisitions instead of satisfaction. Our lives are measured by acquisitions instead of satisfaction. So keep that in your mind as we read Luke chapter 2, verse 25. At the same time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal to God the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of some guy that I'm not going to try. From the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with Jesus, fast, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth and Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Here we have two people. Two people that were living their lives committed to God. It's absolutely profound, and it's important to know as you look at Luke's story. Luke, again, is um, a guy who uh, came to know Christ, and, and he began to walk, you know, his own journey and didn't get really to hang out with Jesus and see all this stuff. And so Luke's saying he was a doctor. He was an investigator. He was somebody who wanted to find things out and ask the tough questions. And so Luke went through this process of journalistic writing, which we have here, very just investigatory, and just went through and said, I, I'm going to talk to the people that were there. I want to I talk to the people who walked with Jesus and saw Jesus. I want to talk to the people who experienced this firsthand. And so we get this deep and rich story and this perspective of Luke sharing these things that these people had walked with Jesus with saying. And, and so Luke shares with us this story about these two people. And he shares with us other things. You look at the details of some of the other Gospels and you see throughout the beginning of the story of Jesus. Before Jesus' arrival even comes, you see, and then after this, you see these people. And it's as if Luke goes to the point to make an emphasis. These 
older people who had been waiting for God to present the truth. They were older and they were waiting. It's like Luke goes out of his way to make this point. And I think it's one of those things that we can draw out. And as I was reading this and thinking about this moment is, is that you look at Simeon and you look at Anna. They were people who had decided at some point in their lives to dedicate themselves to waiting for what God had for them instead of trying to find things on their own. They had foregone all of their own things. They decided just to put those things aside. Anna said they were married for seven years and her husband died. She could have gotten married again, but she decided to go and to sit in the temple. And she decided to give her entire life there to fasting and to praying. Simeon himself was dedicated, and he's waiting, and he, he's just holding on to life, and he's just saying, you know, the Holy Spirit says, listen, you're not going to die until you see baby Jesus. Not when you see Jesus fulfill all these things, not when you see Israel restore, not when you get something, just when you see a baby, that's when you're going to die. Right? So they're sitting there, and they're just holding on, and they're waiting for these things, and they're just waiting for these things that God promises to give them. And, and when you look at their story, and you think about your own situation, and I think about my situation, a lot of times what makes waiting difficult for me is, is that I'm waiting for stuff, and I'm waiting for things instead of finding satisfaction in the things that God has for me. And that's where we can find difficulty, and we can find struggles in our own lives, is that we're in this place where we're not waiting for what God has for us, but instead we're waiting for God to do something for us that we think he should do. And so this tension arises in our lives and it rises in our hearts where we begin to get frustrated with God or we get frustrated with our situations and it's all because we were waiting for something that we should never have been waiting for in the first place. See, the reality is, is that we need to get to a place where we can find and say, I want to wait for the things that God has for me. So how do we do that? There's this filter that we kind of have. I'm going to a little bit practical, and we're going to walk through this a little bit here real quick. But when we are in this place, when God is saying, hey, I want you to wait on me, and I want you to wait for the things that I have, and we can feel ourselves a little bit frustrated and discouraged, and we can find ourselves saying, I don't want to wait for this, and, and I feel like I'm waiting forever for you to do something, or I'm feeling like I'm waiting forever for something to happen. We can feel discouraged. We can stop and realize that we could be looking at life through one of two filters. The first filter that we're looking through life that gets us in this negative place is, is that we're living our life by acquiring things. I have to have, I need this, I want this. And so what happens is we get to this place where we're going through and we're saying, hey, what is, what is, what is it that I want? What does culture say that I should have? What are these things that I need? What are these things that I feel like are going to fulfill me or give me uh, a sense of value? And, and we're kind of just looking at life that way. What do else do I need? What else do I need? So here's the deal, and here's the reality of what makes Christianity so profound. Is that God has, in his goodness, has given us everything that we need in Jesus. And he wants us to be okay with that, and he wants us to be satisfied with who he is and what he's called us to do and what he's given us in this life. He wants us to be satisfied with Jesus and Jesus alone. You know, we were sitting here and singing these songs tonight, and they're so good. I mean, didn't the worship team just do a fantastic job tonight? I mean, they just did such an awesome job. And Tara, I love your heart, and I love watching you grow uh, in your gift, and I love watching you just, you know, just blossom over the three years that we've been here. And I see her sing these songs, and, and, I, and I sing these songs, and there's these moments, you know, where you just feel like 
man, I, I just love God, and I just want nothing else but his presence, and he's all I want, and man, I just, oh, God, I just love being here, and I don't want to leave these moments, and that's what you feel like all you want, but then like you leave, right, and then something happens when you walk out the door, and you're like, oh, I just got to wait until next Saturday to feel that again, you know, like why is it that way, you know, and the reality is, is that we sing those songs, but we haven't allowed those songs to be like just deep in us and penetrate our hearts and change the way that we view life. Because what happens is we get to this place and we say, I want, I need, I have to have, I, I, I need all of this different stuff. But the reality is, is that we should be in a place where we're satisfied in who God is and what he's given us in Jesus Christ. And this season is a season that reminds us of the importance of waiting. I mean, we spend so much of our time doing everything that we can to get away from waiting. I mean, this holiday season, it's a gift that's given to us to be reminded of who God is and what he did. It's a gift to remind us and to show us that even God himself waited until the right time to intervene in our situation so that we can know who he is and discover him and to see his love for us. It's all about waiting, but we do everything we can to rush it along, don't we? I mean, Black Friday is now on Thursday, right? We're, I mean, as soon as Halloween is done, we're decorating for Christmas. We're, we're bad at waiting. We want to rush things along, and we want to hurry things along. And when it comes to the things that God's called us to do, and we, there's these dreams that we have in our hearts, or, or maybe there's a moment on the altar, and somebody prays something over you, and you're like, oh, that's supposed to happen. That's supposed to be a reality of my life. And then there's waiting. There's waiting, and we struggle with that, and we're like, why, like, God promised it, it's supposed to happen. We just sang it that, like, all I have to do is let go of my heart and head, and then God's supposed to be there, but there's just waiting. Like, what's going on here? And the reality is, is that we're not waiting for God. What we're waiting for is something to come into our life. And he's saying, look, I want you to get to a place where you're just waiting on me, and you're not waiting for me to give you something. You're not waiting for me to provide something. You're not waiting for me to reveal something. You're just satisfied in the fact that you're waiting on me, that you're just there, that I'm there, and that we're just together, and you find satisfaction in that. I mean, I, how many of you have been married more than 10 years? How many of you have been married more than 10 years? All right. It gets a little bit easier, doesn't it? I mean, marriage is not an easy thing, right? But it gets a little bit easier the more you get into life, right? And the more you get into marriage together, a lot of times it gets a little bit easier. And it gets even easier when you get into this place where you can find complete satisfaction in your spouse. You know, for me and Michelle, like the fact we've been almost 12 years now, and, and we love each other generally more than we did when we first got married. We generally have more fun together now than we did when we first got married. I, I don't know how she stayed with me for the first five, year of five years of our marriage. I literally do not know how. I was a jerk. Like, I was rude. I was inconsiderate. I was impatient. Like, I was just, and I, I, I'm still a hot mess and on so many levels. But she, like, I mean, this woman is a saint, right? Because she stays with me. She loves me. But the difference now is, is it is easier for her, I think, to love me, right? Hopefully, right? Maybe. Um, it's easier for her to love me at this stage in life because I have found it so much easier to love her. And what happens is, is the deeper that we're getting into our life and our relationship together, I'm actually becoming more and more satisfied in her. I'm becoming more and more satisfied in who we are together. 
I'm not wanting something outside of our marriage. I'm not wanting something outside of what we have. I'm just completely satisfied in the things that we do have and who she is. And the deeper I get satisfied in those things of who she is and what God's given me and the gift of her and, and what our life looks like and all of those things, the more I'm satisfied in those things, the easier it is to live life together, to love each other, and to care for each other. See, we, we look at waiting as a sense of I should get something, I need something, I want something, I have to have something. But waiting is not about receiving. Waiting is about realizing that you've been given everything that you need in Jesus and that he's going to give you the right time to use everything he's given you. One of the things that I love, you know, my parents, their entire lives, they've had a heart, in my entire life, I should say, not their entire lives, but my entire life, they've, they've had a heart to serve God and to serve his church. I, I've seen my parents start more things, give themselves to more things that came of nothing. I've seen them start churches, I've seen them do all of these different things, and I've seen their dreams kind of not be fulfilled more than I've seen them be fulfilled. But in those things, stop crying, in those things, what I've seen is my parents continually pursue and chase after God in those moments. I've seen them not let those moments discourage them and beat them down and destroy their life. I've seen those moments push them on. It's not been easy for them, and they've not been perfect in it. But they're waiting. They find themselves in moments. They find themselves in places where they're saying, why am I here? I, I, I want more than what I'm experiencing. I believe that God's called me to more than what I'm seeing as a reality in my life. But there's moments where you have to stop just as they have so many times and say, you know what? I've had dreams of doing this and I've had dreams of going here and I've had dreams of being that. But in the waiting, in the saying, God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? They've done unimaginable things. I mean, the, there was a couple here just not too long ago, Steve and, and Jeanette Bellman, they were here, and I, I meant to meant so, say something when they were here. There was a couple that, that lived next to us in Naples, Florida when, we were, when I was a kid back in the late 80s, and, and, and they, were, they were just a mess. I mean, we found out when they were here that they were growing marijuana between our houses in the woods, you know, and like, I, they were just an absolute mess, and they, they were not living for God, were not concerned about God, not interested in God, and, 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 and Dad, in his pursuing God, and is waiting and saying, God, what do you want for us? What do you have for us to do here? What have you called us to do? God used my parents to minister to Steve and Jeanette and to tell them about Jesus, and they got saved. Steve and Jeanette, their trajectory of their life has absolutely changed. They moved to Immokalee, and they were ministering to Native Indians right there in Immokalee, and they were doing all kinds of incredible things there. They went and started a prison ministry up in South Dakota. I mean, they are doing things, and they're reaching people that never would have been reached, never would have been reached if somebody wouldn't have stopped and said, this is where you have me, God. What is it you want me to do? I'm waiting on you, and I'm satisfied with what you've called me to do. And I just want to share how good you are, and I want to share all you're doing in my life with somebody else. We get in a place where waiting becomes difficult. Waiting becomes impossible sometimes because we're looking to acquire things instead of being satisfied in God himself and satisfied in who he is and satisfied in all that he's given us. We've got to get to a place where we can say, I'm satisfied in who you are. I don't need anything else. You're everything that I have. 
It's easy for us to sing it on a Saturday night. It's easy to sing it when the lyrics are up on the screen. But what do you do when you feel like you're waiting and the answers aren't coming? What do you do when you feel like the world's pressed against you? What do you do when you feel like everything's falling and failing? What do you do when you feel like everybody's against you and you feel like you can't do anything right? What do you do when you feel like God's run away from you? You wait. How do you wait? You wait in satisfaction. You wait and you trust. You wait and you know that he is going to come through, that he is good and that he loves you. But it's hard for us to do that. You want to know why? It's because we don't value waiting. We don't like it. And we don't value it. And because we don't value it, we don't want to do it. And so we don't value it because we believe it's an absolute waste of time. I mean, that's our culture, right? Like, I mean, we're sitting there at Chick-fil-A, and we're getting the most delicious chicken straight from heaven in a matter of, like, minutes, like, piping hot in our laps, delicious, perfect, exactly the same every single time. And if I have to wait nine minutes instead of seven minutes, I'm ticked. Right? We don't value waiting. We don't enjoy waiting. We don't like waiting. It's not something that's fun for us. The reason we don't value it is, is because we get into a place where we're not satisfied with what we have. We're looking for more. But if we can get into a place where we're satisfied with what we have, we're satisfied with who God is, we're satisfied with what God has given us, then we can get into a place where we're valuing the moments that he gives us. See, what happens when we don't value waiting is, is that we get into a place where we believe that we, 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 we are convinced that there's something else that is going on. When we don't value waiting, we're sitting there and we're looking at situations and we're saying, you know what, there's something that needs to happen. Like something's got to change in my situation. I got to get a new job. I got to get new friends. Like I got to get a new dog. Something's got to change. Like something's got to turn around because right now I, I, I just don't feel like what I'm doing is significant. I don't feel like what I'm doing right now is valued. I don't feel like what I'm doing right now means anything to anybody. And so we get just frustrated and we get a little bit stirred and we get a little bit discouraged. And so we're in this place of waiting. We're just like, something's got to change. Something's got to change. I got to get something different. Instead of stopping and saying, no, is God trying to teach me something? Is he trying to give me a break? Is he trying to show me something? Is he trying to reveal something in my heart? Is he trying to reveal something in my life? Is he trying to give me a moment to step into it? We've got to stop and recognize that God is good and that he is everything that we need. And if we can find satisfaction in that, then we can get to a place where we stop and we can value the moments where we feel like something's not happened. We can get to a place where we can say, you know what, God, I feel like he's not here. Like I feel like everything's great and everything's awesome one moment and then I just feel like God is gone and I feel like he doesn't care and I feel like he's left me on my own another moment. We can look at those moments differently if we value waiting. They're not moments where God's sitting there saying, I want you to prove yourself to me. They're not moments where God's sitting there saying, I don't know if you're good enough for me or not. They're not moments where you're sitting there and God's just saying, I, I don't know if I'm going to use you. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm interested in you being used anymore. They're moments that God is presenting to us. They're difficult moments. They're challenging moments. But they're moments of waiting that God gives to us so that he can make us closer to him, make us more like him, understand his purposes more, and to be ready to be used by him. Our moments of waiting are the most important and profound moments that we have. Simeon, I mean, Simeon, this guy right here, right? He was told by the Holy Spirit, wait, just wait. 
you're not going to die until you see this baby. Like, I don't know about you, but that just strikes me as a little bit odd. Like, because, like, what do you do after that moment? You're like, cool, I saw the baby. Uh, like, is that now? Like, <laughs> right? So, but anyway, so, you know, so you're sitting there like, he's like, hey, you're going to not die until you see this baby. And so Simeon is waiting with anticipation. He's waiting with expectation. He's not waiting for all of his answers to be, or his questions to be answered. He's not waiting for all of these things to happen. He's not waiting for recognition for doing it. He's just waiting because he says, God is good. I know his plans and purposes. I know that he's going to redeem Israel. I know he's going to make things right. I know he's going to do incredible, miraculous things. And he told me this is what he wants me to see. He told me this is what he wants me to do, and I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait for it. We don't know how long he waited in the temple. We don't know how long he was there. We can see Anna was there for years, decades, just praying and fasting and waiting. They valued waiting in God's presence. And what did God do to them? What did God do through them? They began to speak truth and declare what God was going to do through this baby. And who were they doing that to? His mother and his father. They began to declare truth. You read scripture, Mary took all of these things and she stored them in her heart. And your moments of waiting, they're ones that we have a hard time valuing, but they're ones that God wants to use you in. And sometimes he wants to use you in a more profound way than you can even imagine. You're just like, I was just going through a gas station. That's all I was doing. And, and my car broke down. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm in this conversation with this woman, and you're just like, I wish I was gone. That could be a moment of waiting. It could be a time in which God is saying, there's something profound and significant I want to do through you. Value this moment. Cherish this moment. Be excited about this moment because I'm good. Be satisfied in the fact that I'm your God and that I have you here right now. We could get into this place where we're satisfied in him and we're valuing the time that he's given us and we're valuing all that he's put in front of us. Then we can get to a place where we're okay with waiting. And this is important and this is real and this is massive. Because as Christians, I think somehow, especially in, in American culture, we've gotten to this place where Christians, we feel like we should be identified by the things that God gives us. That we should be known for the things that God does for us. Like, should we not be known more for the things that God does through us? Should we be not known more for being a people who trust and has faith in the most insane of situations? Should we not be people who are found to be strong, found to be saying, I am still waiting for God. I'm still waiting for his goodness, and I'm still waiting for his provision when the rest of the world has run and given up on everything. Should we not the people that are running and screaming about fear, but we should be the ones talking about God's faithfulness and his provisions? Should we not be the ones that are saying, God is good, he is here, he's got a plan, he's working all things out, I am still waiting on him. I want to be known and I want to be identified as somebody who says, I'm waiting on the Lord. Not as somebody who's saying, I want what I want and I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go where I have to go. That's not what he's called me to do. That's how, how I'm supposed to be known. I'm supposed to be known as somebody who says, he's God, he's in control, and I want nothing else other than what he asked for me. That's what he asked for us. That's what he wants for us to do. That's the way that he wants us to live. That's the way that we should be. So real quick, we're going to go through these real fast. So we have a hard time waiting. 
because our lives are measured by acquisitions instead of satisfaction. We don't value waiting. And because we don't understand biblical waiting. I think a lot of times we get into a place where we get discouraged and frustrated with waiting because we feel and sense this inactivity. We feel and we sense, man, if I'm just sitting here just waiting, if I'm just sitting here praying, if I'm just sitting here reading my Bible, if I'm just sitting here saying, God, what do you want me to do? If we're just, God, where do you want me to go? We feel inactive. And somehow in our inactivity, we feel inadequate. Again, if we can go back all the way back to the beginning. If you can find satisfaction in God, that is, if you can say, God is good and he's everything that I need. He's more than enough. If you can get to that place, that's where God is. It doesn't just change your perspective of him, but it changes how you see him viewing you. Because if you're satisfied in who he is, you get to this place where you say, I don't have to earn anything. I don't have to, to, to make him happy. I don't have to feel inadequate. I don't have to feel uh, useless. I don't have to feel any of these things. Like where I am right now is where God wants me and he wants to use me in this situation. As long as I look to him, as long as I'm putting him first, he wants to do something. And I feel right now like nothing's happening. I feel like right now nothing can happen. Can I just tell you, sometimes those are the most profound places you can be and that God wants you exactly in that place because he wants to show you something greater than you can even imagine. You need to get to a place, and I need to get to a place where we can be okay and understand that God has called us to wait, but he's not called us to wait inactively, but he's called us to wait actively, and he wants us to be obedient to him and to live a life of God activity. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time. I know this message is a little bit different. I know I haven't yelled as much as I normally yell and all that different stuff. But I, I, this, this message for me, man, I'm just telling you, when we go through this season, I, I look at culture and I look where we are as a church, and we're just in such a stinking rush everywhere we go. I, we're in a hurry to get everything done. I mean, we're just, just running at this record pace. And we, and we kind of put the smile on like everything's okay. I'm, I'm just telling you, like, not being able to rest and not being able to, to stop and just, just, God, I'm waiting on you. God, I'm going to be still. I'm just going to rest. God, I'm going to sit here. And I want to be found waiting in you. If we can't do that, the harm that is going to come to us personally and the harm that's going to come to, 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 to the spiritual vitality of our lives is one that is just, it's, it's more than anyone would want for ourselves. It's more than we want for anybody else. But the richness of what God wants for us is found in this beautiful story of Jesus coming to the earth. He didn't come loud. He didn't come, well, I mean, he was a baby, so maybe he was loud at moments, but he didn't come like, you know, just like, charging through the sky. He didn't come like bursting onto the scene and, and, and doing all this crazy stuff. He came subtly to people who were waiting for his promise. And during this holiday season, during the busyness of our lives, during all the rustle and all of the hecticness of everything, 
all of the parties and all of the, the things that we feel like we have to do and all of the things that we feel like are placed on us as responsibilities, all of the stuff that we feel like we have to provide and all the stuff that we have to get and all of this different stuff, there's going to be moments, there's going to be things that happen, either intentionally on your part or just because life is just crazy and life just doesn't make sense or because God himself just wants you to pause. I want you to stop. And I want you to find yourself okay with waiting. And I want you to say, God, I want to live a life that is okay with waiting on you. I'm okay that if my life doesn't look the way that I think that it should, as long as it's lived for you, it's the life that I want to live. God, I'm okay. I'm okay that you've given me this dream. You've given me this desire. And I haven't seen it come to reality yet. I'm okay being here. I'm okay waiting because I don't want anything else other than what you have for me and what you want me to do. God, I'm still waiting on you. I'm telling you, more as your pastor, there's nothing more I want for you this holiday season than to know the fullness and the richness of who God is and what he has for you. And we get so busy and we get so crazy and we get so caught up in what we need and what we have to have that we lose touch with what we've been given in Jesus Christ. And we get so caught up in what should be ours that we forget what already is ours. Man, let's be okay with waiting and let's be intentional about making waiting a part of our regular lives. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to celebrate God's commitment to his work of grace. I want you to every day. I, Rylan, she, you know, Braden, he's 10. And so, you know, when you're 10, there's that period from about 8, you know, to 15 where if you're a boy, you don't have a brain. <clears throat> and so that's kind of where he's at right now. And, uh, and so just to get him to do basic things in the morning and get on the bus, you know, with pants on, uh, we came up with this list of things for him to do. And so he loves this list. And it actually, you know, he's like, I get things done. So Rylan the other night, she's like, she's like, Dad, I want a list. I want my own list. So I made her this list, and I drew her name, and I drew flowers on it. I made it all pretty and girly for her. And the very first thing I put on there, I said, thank God for this beautiful day. She came down the other day for the first time with her list. I put it in there on her wall while she was sleeping, and she came out. And she's like, God, Dad, I thank God for this beautiful day already, and I'm on number three. And she's just smiling. Now, I, I just want you to get to this place where every single day you can thank God for his goodness and his grace. Maybe you haven't seen what you want to have happen yet. Maybe you're waiting on something that you feel like you deserve. Maybe you're waiting on a promise that God gave you a long time ago and it hasn't come to fruition yet. Maybe you're waiting for your spouse to finally get a clue. Maybe you're waiting for your job to finally give you a raise. Maybe you're waiting in all of these different things. Can I just say to you, in those things, they're not things that are working against you. The things that God's given you an opportunity to be able to wait on Him in and see all that He has done. To see all that He has given you. All that He has provided for you. All that He has given you in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Thank God and celebrate every day His commitment that every single day He's working His grace in your life. 
Every single day, he's drawing you closer. Every single day, he's showing you something new. Every day, he's making you new. Every moment, even the most inconvenient and frustrating ones, he's working his grace in you and showing you who he is and how faithful and how good he is. I want you to do this. I want to let your waiting strengthen your faith. In Psalm 27, verse 13, and the worship team can come up. Psalm 27, verse 13. I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. No matter what your situation is. Here the psalmist is writing, and there's enemies all around him. He's like, I'm getting ready to be killed. I'm getting ready to be just taken out. I mean, this is a mess of a situation. I, 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 this is it. It's the end. It's all over. The psalm, I mean, you just read the psalm. He's just like, ah, this is a horrible situation. But then he says, yet I am confident. Let your waiting strengthen your faith. Man, what God is doing in your life right now, the thing that you feel like he's holding off from you, he's not holding it off from you because he doesn't want to give it to you. Maybe it's not yours to have in the first place. Maybe you're not ready to have it. Be okay with where God has you and say, God, all of this, it looks like crazy, but I am confident in this, in this one thing, that you are good and that you are faithful. Let your waiting strengthen your faith. Let your waiting create in you a time to remember. You go through all, all about scriptures. You look through all of scriptures. The scriptures tell us this. Remember. Remember. Remember the things that God has done for you. Find a time. If you have children, especially, find a time. Just sit down. Turn the TV off. Turn off the Spotify. Turn off everything. Sit there in quiet and remember, reflect, write down the things, share the stories of the things that God has done for you. It might be tough the first night. You can think of one or two things. The second time you do it, you're going to think of three or four things. By the time it comes Christmas, if you make this a habit every night, you're not going to be able to have enough time to go on and on about the things that God has done for you and how he's cared for you. Take time. Create in yourselves, in your waiting. Create room to wait. Make waiting a reality in your life. And in that time, remember, something happens and you find yourself inconvenienced. You find your day stopping. It's not going the way you want. And you're just like, okay, what do I do in this moment? Remember who God is. Remember his goodness. Remember all that he has done. Celebrate him. Be reminded of his faithfulness. Be reminded of his strength. Be reminded of his grace. Be reminded of his mercy. And as you are, you're going to find yourself more and more satisfied in him. And the more satisfied you are in him, the less that you want of anything else. And when you want nothing else other than God, you find yourself in a place where you're completely content with everything that you have. And that is where you find peace. And that's where you find joy. And that's where you find rest. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm barely even stuck to my notes. 
things I felt like I really need to say to you, so maybe we'll try this again in a couple weeks. Maybe we can get them in then. But I'm just telling you, as a follower of Christ, I'm convinced of this. The reason I follow Jesus, the reason I've given my life to Christ, is because he's not just an addition to life. He's not just something that makes things a little bit better. Jesus didn't come into my life and just incrementally change my situation. Jesus came into my life and he made everything new. He made everything whole. He made everything right. In a moment, I felt and believed and perceived myself to be different, new, and whole. And yet, at the same time, every day, it's been more and more and more of a realization of who He is and how good He is. Every day, it's been new. Every day, it's a whole new experience. Every day, I'm a new person. And I can just tell you this. The thing that keeps me at bay to the things that I want God to do or experience in God, the things that just disrupt my life spiritually more than anything else, is when I find myself wanting and find myself frustrated and find myself discouraged and find myself just frustrated with the waiting moments of life. I see the church, not just this church, I see the church as a whole running around this crazy rat race, trying to get, trying to be, trying to achieve, when we should just stop and realize and reflect that we have all that we need. That He's given us everything we could ever want. He's given us everything we could ever hope for. And He is, and He's here now, and He is everything that we could ever, ever dream of, and He's so much more. And He wants to keep giving more and more. And I could just see us in these places in our lives where we're frustrated by the waiting. We're f- discouraged by the waiting. We're discouraged by the distance. And I just want you to get to a place, and I want to get to a place. I'm longing even right now to get to a place in my heart where I can say I'm okay. I'm okay with being here. I'm okay with what you're doing. I'm okay with where you want me to go. I'm okay with what you want me to say. God, I just want to wait on you. God, I'm here waiting on you. God, I'm trusting in you. So if you will, stand with me. I don't know what song you're going to sing, Tara. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, Good, Good Father. Huh? Good, Good Father. So this song, Good, Good Father. I just want us to sing this song tonight. And I just want us, as we're singing this song, to truly believe and trust the words of the song. I know how discouraged we can get. I know how frustrated we can get. When you feel like all you're doing is waiting, when you feel like all you're doing is just hoping and nothing ever comes, can I just tell you that that longing in your heart, that discouragement, that frustration is not because God is withholding, but it's because you're blocking Him. Just stop and say, God, I'm willing and I'm ready to stand here waiting on you and be okay and be completely satisfied in you. God, I'm waiting that even if I never get, God, I'm waiting even if I never see, God, I'm waiting if this never becomes a reality, 
God, I'm waiting. If this is all that you give me, God, I'm waiting, and I'm not going to go anywhere else because you're everything that I need. And I trust and I believe that you are good and you are faithful and you will always provide and you are always going to accomplish what you set out to do. So let's sing the song. You're perfect.